This is Fostering Conversations with Utah Foster Care, where we have insightful conversations about parenting for bio, foster, adoptive, or blended families to better understand the experiences we all face as families. Hi, everybody. I'm Deborah Lindner, and thanks for joining us. Today, you're going to hear a very tender and important story. It's one of the most loving stories I've heard in my years here at Utah Foster Care, and it just might change your view of the moms and dads of the children in foster homes in Utah. It's about a gift of connection from the perspective of a young woman who fought so hard to be able to once again be a parent to her child after that child was placed in foster care. But she didn't do it alone. The foster mom helped her through it all. Absolutely. And one thing we talk about to perspective in current foster families is this isn't just an opportunity to help children. It's an opportunity to help children in the most profound way possible, and that's by helping their parents. We love it when foster parents see the importance of the parents of the children in care as well. And these parents have been through quite a lot. Imagine if you're a young woman experiencing homelessness, you're dependent on drugs, alcohol, or both. And then imagine on top of that being pregnant and you become too addicted to stop using. You have your baby. Then one day, child protection workers arrive at your room in a local motel and take that child into the custody of the state. That child is placed in a foster home and you're told you must go through a substance use disorder program. And you've got to do that in order to have that judge rule that you can provide a safe home once again for that child, a home free from neglect or abuse. Joining us is Kylie, the young woman in our story. We're so proud of her. She's been clean since April of 2021. And sitting right next to her is the foster mom who has cared for both her child and Kylie, Cherie Pena. They're together as they often are at Cherie's home in Salt Lake County. Welcome, Cherie and Kylie. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Well, Kylie, why don't you pick it up where I left off? Talk about having your child placed in foster care and meeting Cherie for the first time. I'd have to say, even hearing you tell the story made me a little bit emotional. So sorry if my voice breaks a little. But the first time I met Cherie was at the visit. I wouldn't really talk to her, make eye contact until the third visit. She forced me to make eye contact with her. And then she said that she doesn't take on just the kids. She takes on the whole family. And I needed that. She's been my biggest support system through this all. She's like my second mom. And I don't think I could have done it without her believing in me. And she does believe in you. She believes in you a lot. What were you expecting to walk into the day of that first visit? Someone who was judging you? Yes, because I was judging myself. And it's a very vulnerable situation to be in, having your kids placed with a complete stranger. And I'm sure they get a little background information on it all. And just having to trust the whole process that things are going to work out like they should. Had you had any involvement with the system prior to this? Yes, I did in 2015 with 
my seven-year-old Addie. I went to the House of Hope and did family dependency drug court. And I never actually got Addie removed. I made it to treatment before that ever happened, but I did have an open DCFS case. And you said that Cherie believing in you was so important. So I'm going to ask Cherie, what did you see in Kylie? When I first met her, there was just something special about her. There, there was a connection there and my heart broke for her. It really did, especially the day when I went and picked up Jordan from the hospital. And I found a sweet little note saying, please put her in this outfit and take pictures of her in this outfit. I held on to that little post-it sticker forever. I think I gave it back to you, didn't I? I think so. Yeah. But I don't know, my heart just broke for her. Because as a mom myself, I did walk out of the hospital without my child. And that is horrible feeling. And I, get, I didn't get to see him for three days because he was lightsided to another hospital. So I can understand how she felt walking out without a child. So my heart just broke for her. And it broke for Jordan, too. And I just knew that you know, she's an amazing person. And I wanted to work with her. At first, I thought she hated me. She wouldn't look at me. She wouldn't talk to me. At the third visit, I was like, I'm going to make her look at me. <laughs> and I did. And I think this was when we were putting Jordan in the car. Yeah. And I just grabbed her by her shoulders and said, hey, I don't just take on the kids. I take on the parents, too. And I love these parents. They're human beings. We all make mistakes. Oh, I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to help. Because these kids deserve a chance to go back home. And these parents deserve a chance. Reunification is very important and working together as a team is so important. It is one thing to hear about reunification and classes like Liz and her team teach. And it's another thing to experience it, isn't it? Oh, yes. I remember being in those classes with Liz when I first started right before we came foster parents. There's not very many stories like mine and Kylie's. And I guess I wanted to change that. I wanted to be that foster parent that could work with the parent and the child. So Kylie, how did your relationship with Cherie help you on that hard path you were on to overcome what you needed to overcome? I was raised in a single parent family and my support system was always my mom's. And once I lost the girls, me and my mom's relationship became very turbulent. So because of that, I felt like my main and only support system was gone. And so I think that I needed someone to believe in me and walk through this journey with me. And that was Cherie. I believe that Cherie is capable of unconditionally loving people, even if they are not her own. And I think that was someone I could call on a hard night. She was someone I could be real with. She was patient until I made the decision to go to detox and treatment. And I could just tell that she always remained hopeful that inspired me and my belief in myself. A couple of times that I didn't know if she was going to actually go to detox. I think I took you, what, twice? Yeah, twice. I I remember for getting ready for that year mark. And I said, you've got to keep this in gear. I don't want you to lose this little girl. And she did. I was like, this is it. (laughs) For people who don't know the child welfare system, How long does the court usually give you to get into detox? From what I've been told, my case was a little different because it was an ICWA case. So to my knowledge, they gave me a little more time than they would give an average case when it comes to an infant. 
let's explain ICWA is the Indian Child Welfare Act, which gives first preference to tribes to care for children who are Native children. And Cherie, you're a member of the Cherokee tribe, is that right? Yes. So did it take weeks, months for you to decide to go into rehab? It took 10 months, I believe, for me to actually make it there from the time that the girls were taken. How long did it take you to get through the program? I was there for 90 days and I was in detox for five days prior to that. Then I did outpatient for probably four months. One thing we hear from foster parents sometimes is, well, if she loved her kids, she'd get off of drugs. And we try to explain the best we can that it has nothing to do with how much you love your kids. It has to do with the power of that drug. What would you say if someone said to you, you're choosing drugs over your kids? See, that's something that my mom often said. I just feel like there's so much information and knowledge out there now that addiction is a disease. And it's not that we don't love our kids because we do. Um, it's that it rewires your brain to think that these substances are something you need to survive. And I think treatment and having to rewire is really something of the only things that are going to work for addicts. I would always recommend going to a residential program. I tried to do outpatient before I did residential and it didn't work. I think going away somewhere where you can just focus on yourself and get that much needed time to love yourself again is what every struggling addict needs. What did you understand about all of that, Cherie? I never looked at her that way. I I don't know. I just knew that she had some hard trials and that she needed to overcome some things. I never looked at her as an addict. I always just looked at her as Kylie, who was struggling with an addiction. But you're able to see past whatever labels we tend to impose on people and just see, see people for people. Yeah, exactly. She's not her addiction. She's an amazing person who has fought really hard to become the person she is today. And she's amazing. Oh my goodness. I keep telling her she needs to find a house real close by so we could see each other every day. I even thought maybe I could add on another couple of rooms. <laughs> I love being around her. She's got a sweet spirit about her. And little does she know that her mom would call me and check up on her when they couldn't talk. There would be a lot of nights I would be on the phone with their mom and I would say, she's going to be okay. She's going to make it. She's, I'm here. I'll be the person that she needs until she can become the person that her mom needed at the time. And it's beautiful to watch her relationship with her mom. It was worth all those sleepless nights thinking, oh, come on, Kylie, you got to do this. You can do it. You can do it. To watch her post on Facebook with her mom and her 16-year-old daughter and just with her kids. It's been amazing. And that's the reward I get is to watch her bloom into a beautiful person. She was already a beautiful person when I first met her, but she's really beautiful inside and out. And how did the visits change over time? Eventually, Cherie started coming to visits because we wanted to hang out too. I even told the caseworkers like an hour a week is not enough for me and Kylie. <laughs> and so sometimes I would just meet up with Kylie. It would just be us too until she could go to third parties with Jordan, which I always felt bad about leaving Jordan at home, but I also wanted Kylie time. And we have to follow the rules. <laughs> yeah thing rules. <laughs> what were the rules on that? 
she just couldn't be with Jordan without DCFS there until the third party visits, which I got to do for a while. That was fun because I just have her come over here and we would do our visits here. And that way it was like in Jordan's environment and it was in a home environment. Everybody could just relax and be a family. And as I understand, you two have become one big family because, Cherie, you had another child that was around the same age? Yes, they're two weeks apart, exactly two weeks apart. We call them the twins, and they're a handful when they get together. It's, it's almost a love-hate relationship sometimes. Yes. It's fun to watch them. There's times where they're like, especially now, it's everything is mine, even though it's maybe Addie's or... Andrew's toy, it's theirs. In fact, when they're not even together, Dash will go, this is Sissy's. Could be her sock that she left. <laughs> and he, he makes sure that it's safe <laughs> because that's his sister. What would you want foster parents to know about what you went through to get your child back? You know, we have to jump through a lot of hoops. We have to meet goals. And I, I guess I'd like foster parents to know that it's not always easy. There will be times where you're unsure of the outcome. I know me as a parent, I was internally battling things. There were times where I would get people's negative opinions and I thought maybe the best thing to do was just let Sheree keep Jordan. I went back and forth and ultimately I prayed about it and I decided that I needed her to come home and be with her sister. I just think parents on each end need to be patient and support each other the best they can. And I think maybe ask the bio parent questions because I know I've met some moms who really don't want a relationship like me and Sheree have, and that's okay. But the foster parents are not the bad guys. And I think that's something bio parents need to know too, that they're just trying to help and take care of these children. And also we as foster parents need to realize that these biological families, they're not the bad guy either. They're struggling. And when I'm working with bio parents is to remember that I have my own trials, my own junk that I have to carry around. And I would hate to be judged for all of that stuff. And you also worked hard to make sure that Jordan knew Kylie was her mom. Oh, yes. We had pictures of Kylie with Jordan and or with grandma. I think that's very important. And even when I had Jordan, every day I would text Kylie a picture because newborns change so much from day to day. Um, to me, it feels like minute to minute, their expressions. And Jordan can give some really good, mean eyes looks. And it was always fun to send those to Kylie. Yes, I appreciated the daily pictures because it made me feel a part of it. I was very grateful for them. So from the very beginning, the first visit, to have that foster parent talk to the first parent and ask him questions about the child. What does he or she like? That's one thing to do. Send them photos. At what point were you able to exchange phone numbers? Is that allowed from the very beginning? It depends on the situation because we did it in front of the caseworker and I'd only known Kylie, what, three, three weeks? It was at the third visit and I was like, hey, here's my number. And the poor caseworker, she was just like, what are you doing? Kind of like, she was really concerned. And I was like, hey, if this doesn't work out, I can always block her number. But I felt comfortable with it. There's not every time that I've done that. I don't think there's any role really about it. Yeah, our DCFS worker said that it was ultimately up to us. 
if we felt comfortable enough with it. That's good to know, because if you have a first time foster parent, they don't know all the rules. Right. And I felt like it was breaking a rule at first, too. So when Cherie said, can I get your number? I looked to my DCFS worker to get the confirmation that it was okay. So two things that Cherie said that I just really want to highlight. One is that you immediately honored Kylie as the parent when you put Jordan in the clothes that Kylie had left. And you didn't try to take that away from her. You allowed her to do what she could do. And then the other thing you said, Cherie, that I think is so important is that you see this helping the parent is helping the child. I think sometimes, unfortunately, in foster care, we get this idea that it's either or instead of both. And the best way to help these kids so many times is to make sure their parents are as good as they can be. And that when we're helping the parents, we're helping the kids. That's the ideal way to do that. But it isn't always possible. But when we can, it means so much to these kids to be able to have their parents. Yes. When they see you having a good relationship with their mom and dad, I think, especially the older kids, they get to start healing and start forgiving. If you're fighting with the parent, they're feeling that. They don't need that. They don't. I think that's really important. So your story today as it stands, tell us where you both are, how you guys still keep the relationship going. Well, if I mess up or post something that's inappropriate, Kylie calls me out. And I love that. I really do. Like when I'm having a hard time, she calls me out on my stuff and vice versa. If I haven't heard from her, I even said, are you using again? And that's just because she hadn't heard from me for a few days, which is not normal when it comes to our relationship. We talk every day some days and we celebrated Thanksgiving together. We celebrated Jordan's dad and Sheree's birthday together recently. She takes the girls for sleepover still to give us a night off sometimes. The girls love going to church with Cherie and it's just really awesome to have a bigger family. Yeah, I love it. A lot of times when kids go back home, that relationship usually just non-existent. And I didn't want that. I kept teasing Kylie, asking if I could have visitation rights because I didn't want to lose them. As if I had already gone through that and then my heart had been broken a few times. I understand that sometimes those parents have to go on with their lives and they just want to leave that part of their life. They want to forget it. And I'm grateful that Kylie still continues to let me be a part of her family because she's my kiddo too. This has been a really good conversation. Any last thoughts, Liz? When Cherie said that Kylie will call her out, I love that this relationship is becoming very reciprocal. It's not just Cherie supporting Kylie, it's Kylie also supporting Cherie. That is beautiful to see the evolution of a relationship. So it becomes a two-way straight and, and you can see that. Thanks again, Kylie and Cherie, for being here with us. We also have a video of the two of them with their two children on a play date on our website. And it's a reminder that you can change your perspective, your mindset. This can be a different take on the whole foster care system. It's a story that's being repeated again and again. So thank you all. And for all of the people listening out there, I'd also like to thank Liz Rivera, my co-host. She's the education director here at Utah Foster Care and our producer, Marshall Shear Davis. Remember, you don't need to know everything to be a foster parent. You just need to be willing to learn. And we have learned a lot today. This has been Fostering Conversations with Utah Foster Care. Thank you for joining us. For more information, go to utahfostercare.org. We'll see you next time.